G'day guys, I'm DMAC from NBA Fantasy Bible and along with me, my co-host Kayla Fonte. Uh, Kayla, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm at the top of my leagues again, so it's been a good week so far. Fantastic. Brilliant. How about you? Well, yeah, doing really well. I was just going to say together, of course, we are between two hoops, but yeah, huge week six. It has been a massive week in the NBA, of course, as per every single week, but getting mm -hmm. into week seven uh, preview as well. So let's get straight into it, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Okay, guys, week six review. Now, we're going to slightly change it up a little bit. So you're probably used to seeing our hot performers, but Kayla and I have found that we're often talking about guys like John Chich and Jokic every single week. So I reckon you'd probably get sick of it. We know who's <laughs> doing really well. So let's talk about the hot performers, but also the guys that we think can sell high or we can sell high and uh, perhaps take advantage of some of their hot performances during the week. So uh, in essence, we're going to look at the week six hot performers and we'll go from there. So starting out with my boy, Victor Wembanyama, uh, what can we say? Number one fantasy player from a categories perspective and uh, top five in terms of points leagues as well. But um, only played the two games last week. But when you propel your team and propel your stats with uh, four blocks, four steals, uh, really nice shooting as well. Um, yeah, it's just tremendous all-round performance from Wemby. Yeah, definitely one of the top rookies. Uh, he's expected to play on Wednesday too, which is good news. Uh, but overall, his points, rebounds, and stocks numbers, they're just crazy. And this is a trend that we will continue to see throughout the whole season. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, he did skip the last game against the Pelicans with some hip soreness. But I think he, depending on how things play out, I'm thinking that we'll see more and more of that. But I'm hoping with um, him vying for Rookie of the Year honors that we'll um, hopefully see a lot more of what um, what Wemby does bring to the table. But, yeah, he looked awesome last week in those two games. Another one that we should look to sell high, but he had a great week, actually a really good fortnight, the last fortnight, is Jalen Brunson of the Knicks. So um, a lot of his numbers has been uh, looking awesome just with his shooting numbers. Um, his statistics in terms of percentages are looking great. Um, but he's really preparing the propelling the Knicks at the moment. Yeah, he's definitely one of the top players and most consistent, I would say, so far, especially with Randall. Uh, but last week, he recorded some really amazing offensive games. His numbers and points, rebounds, assists, uh, threes, steals, everything. Yeah, across the board, but uh, particularly from the field, he's shooting at 53% over the last week um, compared to 47 on the season. So he's still elite numbers, but 53 is a, a great step up in terms of the, the last fortnight for Jalen Brunson. Now, D'Lo, uh, he's looked really good. He's really, really steady this season, and I think uh, he's been a bit of a steal. So he was probably going in the about 100 to 110 mark in terms of drafts, but uh, he's providing top 80 value in terms of categories. But... Um, Last week, he was fantastic. And again, it came down to field goal percentage as well. So shooting at a really high clip, but um, doing really well for the Lakers. Yeah. And like you mentioned, I actually drafted him in one of my leagues in past the hundreds. And he's putting up, I think, above 40 value in points leagues. But his impact has really just been felt on the playmaking end and his scoring. He had that one really dominant game. He got me about 70 fantasy points, which I think just speaks for itself. Yeah, and those assists have been really impressive because you mm -hmm. still have, um, obviously, LeBron. Um, but, yeah, he's been uh, fantastic this season. And just even last week, he's shooting at 56%, which still on the season, he's looking at 49%, which is fantastic. But 56 is a, a nice step up for D'Lo. But, yeah, hopefully he continues this trend. 
Cole Anthony, now obviously we have Markel Fultz still on the sidelines uh, for the Magic, but Cole Anthony's really looked good. He's still um, not playing huge minutes, but when he is playing um, those mid to uh, high 20s in terms of minutes, he's looking really good. His field goal percentage has uh, been vastly improved over the last fortnight. Yeah, and even though he's coming off the bench too, he's finding ways to make an impact and he can contribute across several categories too, which makes him extremely valuable in both kinds of leagues. Yeah, absolutely. And he provides those sneaky rebounds for quite a small guy as well. But Mm -hmm. yeah, as you said, across the board sort of value. But Cole Anthony hopefully keeps it up. Second round value in terms of category leagues in the last week. But um, with Markel Fultz hoping to return shortly, uh, this is a great sell high opportunity if you can actually make it work. But uh, let's see what you can do there. His teammate, Franz Wagner, uh, he's looked awesome in the last week, um, even in the last fortnight. He's looked really, really good. But again, that's been propelled by awesome shooting. But um, something that's really stood out for me is his free throw attempts. He's actually doubled that over the last week or so. So um, he's being more aggressive. He's getting to the hoop and he's drawing those fouls. So that's actually lifted his points per game in the last fortnight. And he's looked really good. Yeah, overall last week too, most of his impact has come from that offensive end as well. And he's providing solid numbers in all the primary categories too, as well as even rebounds, assists, threes, points, all the main ones. Yeah, he's not going to win you a league with his statistics from Mm -hmm. um, defense, but he'll still get you a a steal a game. But yeah, it's been just on the offensive end that he's looked really, really good. And as I said, the aggression on the offensive end is looking awesome right now. My man, Kobe White, uh, what a fortnight it has been. Now, Zach Levine has some issues. He's been sidelined and will be sidelined uh, for probably another week or so. But Kobe White's just really stepped up in the last fortnight, but particularly last week. And um, it was great to have him in one of my teams. Yeah, I was lucky enough to pick him up a few weeks ago, too. And you even predicted that uh, breakout game that he had. He just went off the triples, the scoring. I think he recorded a season high 31 points just amazing all around yeah and again coming back to that shooting efficiency he looked really good particularly in the last game he just really popped off but um that was with Levine out just before that he was still um putting out really great numbers and I'm getting a lot of questions or before that performance I was getting a lot of questions around holding Kobe White dropping Kobe White but uh he's been the starting point guard he's got that solid role and now it's just looking fantastic people are talking about him as a nice stash i think he's more than that at the moment um but with talk of perhaps trading uh, levine away from the bulls perhaps even demar Derozan, vooch really blowing it up kobe white could be uh, a real beneficiary out of those potential trades but at the moment he's still very much rosterable and particularly while levine is out now, in contrast, the disappointments, but also some bylaw opportunities. Demontis Sabonis. Now, he's looked really poor in the last week, and it's coming down to his field goal percentage, something that he's usually really strong in terms of his field goal uh, percentage in the high or mid to high 50s. He's actually looked really poor, um, shooting in the 30% mark in terms of field goal percentage, and obviously that's dropped his points per game. But also his rebounds have come down. So in the last week, um, he's averaged... Uh, two rebounds less per game, which is unlike him. Yeah, he just had a lot of games where um, he didn't look like himself, right? And he's not posting the numbers that we expected. And like you mentioned, that shooting efficiency has just been down. But even the assists and rebounds too, it's just not what we're used to seeing from him. 
Yeah, look, I expect him to bounce back. So I do mm -hmm. think that this is a great buy low opportunity. It doesn't seem to be injured at the moment. Um, just going through a bit of a, a dry spell at this stage. So definitely a buy low opportunity. Paul George, he hasn't looked himself since the Harden trade, but he's still, um, you know, highly sought after. I think he still is a buy low um, candidate. They're still trying to find their feet. The Clippers are looking much better in the last few games. And Harden is actually... Um, played really, really well. But that's um, impacted Paul George and his output in terms of fantasy. Yeah, overall, he just had some really underwhelming performances this week, and he struggled with his shooting efficiency as well. That seems to be um, a common trend here. But it's also just that lack of consistency across the categories too. Yeah, and we usually rely upon Paul George for those steals, and it's really the steal rate that's really um, taken a hit in the last fortnight as well. I'm not sure if that's related or, or directly related to Harden being there, but um, I expect that to come up as well and just really normalise uh, over time. So, again, another buy low opportunity. Chad Holmgren, uh, this one is interesting. So I'm calling it a buy low, and that's just based on his lofty standards that he set earlier in the season. But it's really just come down to his shooting efficiency once again. So his field goal percentage has been reduced in the last week, same as his free throw attempts. Uh, free, free throw attempts has come down. Free throw percentage has also come down. But uh, across the board, overall, he hasn't really dipped in any other categories apart from that shooting efficiency. Yeah, even in points leagues too, uh, he still has been pretty decent this week. He posted some solid numbers, but he didn't have the full impact that we're used to. Same with Sabonis, right? And it's even yeah. that shooting struggles too that kind of diminished his value a little bit. Yeah, and he's still providing the blocks that we know and yeah. we know him for. So um, people that just really live and die by rankings, they'll look at that going, geez, he's had a really disappointing week outside the top 50. Perhaps you can throw out a top 50 type of guy and get someone who's got that uh, top 12, top 15 upside as well. But see what you can do. Highly unlikely you can make it happen. But, um, hey, who knows what happens. It only takes one person in your league to um, fall for those rankings. In a similar vein, Jason Tatum. So three games last week for the Celtics. He actually got ejected early in the game against the 76ers as well. So that's actually impacted his numbers from last week. And across the board, it's actually not been too bad. His shooting has been nice, uh, rebounds, points has actually been good. It's just um, that one game has really hurt him in terms of his overall rank just for the week. But again, people that live and die by rankings and just looking at uh, sites like Basketball Monster, hashtag basketball, they'll go, geez, he's had a disappointing week outside the top 100, but um, don't understand the full context of why that's so. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing for him too has just been those turnovers. It's something that he's really struggled with over the past three games too but he also had a couple not low scoring performances but like low 20s which is not exactly what managers would hope for for from someone like him too especially with Przingis out yeah and you, you raised the turnover point as well he had one game where it's just um unbelievably high level of turnovers but for those guys that like myself that don't really value turnovers that much um particularly as you're streaming a fair bit and you you tend to punt that category in category leagues, uh, it's really not worth um, buying into as well. But again, for those that own Tatum, throw out um, a top 30 offer and you can get yourself perhaps a, a top uh, 12 upside type of player. But again, um, just a vital opportunity. You just never know your luck. 
Dejounte Murray. Um, he's been really quiet in the last week, and a lot of that's been attributed to less assist opportunities. I know Trey Young's been on a heater. He's looked awesome in terms of his point scoring, and obviously his assists are always going to be high. But Dejounte Murray hasn't really looked himself in terms of his playmaking ability, um, but also the rebounds have looked a little bit off in the last week or so. Yeah, he's been a little bit up and down. He had two pretty solid games in points leagues and then two really disappointing ones. But just his defensive contributions are practically non-existent in those two bad games. And then even then, his offense was very limited as well. Yeah, I think ever since he's come to the Hawks, um, we knew him at the Spurs as you know that first, second round type of guy. But um, he's really going to normalize into probably more like a fourth rounder, third or fourth rounder. But I still think it's a bylaw opportunity looking at his numbers from last week um, only. I think... Um, yeah, he's just going to normalize. He's not going to blow us out of the water unless there is um, an injury to Trey. But uh, he's an Iron Man in comparison to a lot of the league. So highly unlikely at this stage. Uh, I've barely moved OG's name um, from this <laughs> slide over the last few weeks. But OG's just had a really, really disappointing season. And it just continues on uh, in week six. Yeah, just all around bad performances. Like his points are way too low. His rebounds fluctuate. His assist numbers are rough. And then even his defensive numbers too. They're not a, even close to what we expected, which is just just too disappointing. Exactly. Yeah, he averaged 1.9 steals a game last season and um, it really uh, buoyed his value last season. But this season, just 1.0 steals per game, which is really disappointing. And um, with that, as you mentioned, his points have come down um, his usage and minutes have also come down as well. So, yeah, it's just looking disappointing. I'm not sure if this is a buy low. Uh, I'll probably stay away from OG at this stage. I just mm -hmm. I don't see where he's going to get um, that usage back. Um, we've talked about Scotty Barnes and really becoming that alpha with Pascal Siakam, but I still think that it's Scotty's team now. And Siakam has looked a little bit improved in the last fortnight, but OG has really struggled um, and continues to struggle. All right, let's look at some ads. We spoke about Kobe White. Just make sure he's rostered. I've sent out multiple tweets about this over the last fortnight. Just now make sure he's rostered. Double check. You just never know, but um, highly likely he is rostered in your league. Just, just check. Just please check. Similar vein, Cole Anthony. He needs to be rostered at this stage. Markel Fultz. Uh, we're not really sure on when he will return, but I'm hoping it'll be in the next week or so. Um, so we mentioned that it could be a sell-high opportunity. Again, unlikely that you can pull off a trade at this stage. People understand uh, the ins and outs of rosters. But again, make sure he is added um, this week. And we'll get to the schedule shortly. But this week, it's a little bit uh, interesting. But Cole Anthony should be on a roster anyway, uh, irrespective of the weird schedule that comes in week seven. Now, Al Horford, he's someone that will take advantage of Kristaps Porzingis being sidelined, and the Celtics have uh, good streamability this week. And um, again, we'll get to the schedule shortly, but Al Horford makes a ton of sense this week. Any yep. comments on that? Yeah, Porzingis is already listed as out Monday, I believe, so that just means another starting role for Horford. Um, he's not going to be playing the Philadelphia 76ers, which is disappointing because he always seems to just <laughs> explode against them. But still, great fantasy value. Yeah, he loves playing against his old mate, Joel Embiid, but um, not this time. But he still should be rostered for those two games this week, um, particularly on those uh, low-volume days. Eric Gordon, similar boat. Uh, Phoenix uh, have those low-volume days, so make it 
make sure that he's rostered as well. Uh, in a similar vein, Grayson Allen, but uh, Eric Gordon is definitely the guy to have in terms of um, the ads this week. Yeah, I think Gordon is a more reliable pick to go with, especially with Beal still out, possibly for a little bit longer as well. And he's been pretty solid in that role so far. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think he definitely needs to be rostered whilst Bill is out. Malik Monk, uh, again, streamer for this week in terms of um, the play, uh, not the play-in, the in-season tournament. Uh, but he's actually looked good. He's looked really solid, um, particularly while uh, Fox was sidelined. But I still think Malik Monk should be rostered, particularly in week seven. Yeah, definitely. Even Kevin Herter too. Both of them are kind of on a hot stretch right now, which is a little bit surprising. Yeah, I think I've spoken about Kevin Herter uh, in the past. For me, he's not a must-roster guy, but again, he's mm -hmm. just your back-end sort of guy in standard category leagues and probably for points leagues as well. Uh, another Malik, Malik Beasley. So he's looked awesome for the Bucks. Um, he's had some extra opportunities with the Bucks having a few uh, injury issues. So uh, Jay Crowder, um, Pat Connaughton, Middleton hasn't played his full complement of minutes at this stage, and Malik Beasley shot the lights out. So uh, he was just known as a three-point streamer, uh, but I think he's worthy of just a roster spot at this stage, not just for his three points, but um, his ability to get other stats. Yeah, he's been on the tear since about mid-November too, which is a little bit surprising, but he really showcased that in week six. And even last week too, he played 30-plus minutes in all of his outings, which is very promising, and he put up pretty good fantasy value. Yeah, and you know he's going to get a lot of open shots as well with Giannis and Dame um, taking a lot of the attention. So it makes a ton of sense. Boyan Bogdanovich, he came back from injury last week and immediately he looked really nice. Uh, spacing the floor for Detroit's helping Cade Cunningham, who's had a much improved week as well in week six. Uh, it's probably no coincidence as well that um, Boyan Bogdanovich is going to space the floor for people like Cade. But uh, he's got to be rostered as well just for his ability to shoot the three ball, get some points, and do it at um, high efficiency. Yeah, and a lot of people were concerned about his role as well, but I think he's going to still play a pretty, a pretty big uh, role this season and probably even post similar stats to what he had last year. Yeah, and probably down the stretch later in the season, he's probably going to have a lot more rest days or... Mm -hmm. um, uh, pretend injuries perhaps but um, it is impacting on Asar Thompson so Asar started the season um, on fire but he's really come down to earth in the last week or so but um, Boyang needs to be uh, rostered at this stage another person that came back from injury last week Trey Murphy so we knew uh, how good he looked last season um, obviously this year we've got a healthy Zion healthy Brandon Ingram but Trey Murphy still needs to be rostered um, a lot of talent on that team, but Trey Murphy, even in his first game back, he just looked really solid, almost like he'd um, not missed any games whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, he flashes potential in that first game back, and the injury bug will come back to the Pelicans, so that only opens up more opportunities for him in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And Zion's now playing the back-to-backs, which is awesome to see, mm -hmm. um, but we just have to be wary, or Pelicans have to be wary as well. Um, but Trey Murphy just has to be rostered right now. Josh Hart, again, the Knicks have a nice schedule in terms of their streamers for this week. But Josh Hart, even without being a, a nice streaming team for the Knicks, uh, Josh Hart has looked really good in the last few games, three to four games. He's getting the around 30 minutes per game now, which is nice, and that's buoyed his value. Uh, I think he needs to be rostered now. He was on and off of waivers a lot, um, but just in the last week, he's looked really solid. 
Yeah, and I think it's important important to note, though, that he's not going to give you those amazing performances each game, but he'll give you those solid stretches, which is what he's doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we spoke about these guys last week, but Sadiq Bay and DeAndre Hunter, um, obviously, with the injury to Jalen Johnson, he's a few weeks away. These guys just have to be rostered at this stage, and um, they're providing some nice value. They're not going to blow, blow you away, but um, really nice, solid value at this stage. Yeah, and I think here uh, Bay would be the more uh, reliable fantasy pick. Yeah, absolutely. And that's contrary to the percentage rostered in Yahoo mm-hmm. at the moment there. I'm with you. Uh, Sadiq Bay is my choice of the two. Ame Hackers. So it's likely that Tyler Hero returns in the next week, um, perhaps even in the next game for the Heat. But I think Hackers uh, will retain a lot of value. I think um, he's probably more worthy of being rostered than someone like Kyle, Kyle Larry at this stage. But um, that's debatable. But I think he needs to be rostered at this stage. Yeah, I believe so too. Uh, I'm going to try and stream him if I can. Uh, but I think even if Tyler Hero misses that game, you still have Bam who's going to be out. So there's still going to be those minutes to go around. And I think even once the Heat are back at full strength, he really proved his value and he should be able to carve out a role for himself. Yeah, and I'm seeing a lot of lists at the moment that he's the... Um, third in store for rookie of the year honors which is which is awesome to see it's a little bit surprising but it's actually awesome to see and his shooting efficiency has been brilliant so far to start the season Keontae George we've spoken about him for many many weeks but starting point guard he's getting the minutes he's getting the opportunity um he's shown flashes on the offensive end but just roster him he just needs to be rostered he's going to get better and better by um come the end of the season I think he'll be you know, top 80 type of player. So just roster him at this stage. Yeah, exactly. He contributes to all the primary primary categories. And we talked about his shooting struggles in the past too, but I think we can overlook that based on just how much value he provides everywhere else. Yeah, and in terms of category leagues, we know that there's a premium on assists and this is something that he uh, definitely delivers on. So um, just based on that premium on assists, just roster him. Now, I've got the three Hornets here. So, Brandon Miller, PJ Washington, and Gordon Hayward. So, I've got these three, obviously, with Lamelo Ball set to miss at least a couple more weeks, I'd say. Um, these guys will get the opportunity, get more minutes, get more usage as well. So, yeah, make sure that these guys are rostered. Yeah, I think out of all these players here, uh, my pick would be Miller, to be honest with you. Right. You know, I actually have uh, Gordon Hayward in my category league, mm. one of them as well. So I'm still happy with Gordon Hayward. He's going to get those um, playmaking abilities uh, and opportunities. Brandon Miller has been solid and PJ Washington, uh, even coming off the bench behind Miles Bridges, has still looked really solid. So mm-hmm. um, once everyone's back, I think PJ Washington and Miller, and for that fact, probably Gordon Hayward are probably going to be droppable yep. in 12 team leagues. But at this stage, you've got to roster them. And finally, uh, this one could be controversial, but Killian Hayes, he started uh, quite recently. He's been a little bit topsy-turvy with the Detroit backcourt rotation um, and the starters as well. So last week we had Jaden Ivey. This week we've got Killian Hayes. So it could change again next game. But at this stage, uh, Killian Hayes could be someone to at least consider in 12-teamers. Yeah, I actually really agree with the, this one here too. I think now that he's returned to the starting lineup, He's kind of overturned those uh, rough performances that he's had uh, in November, but he's going to provide multi-category value too. And I think he's someone that we should stream until we have to drop him again next week. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, the trend. Actually, yeah, it is the trend, but um, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen in um, in Detroit. But he's actually starting alongside of obviously Cade, but also Ivy as well. And they're looking pretty good 
Um, Asar Thompson, yeah, again, that's really impacting his output, but uh, that's good news for people that have Killeen Hayes and Jaden Ivey. Now the drops, number one for me, Karis LeVert. I mentioned this as a potential drop um, last week and also the previous week, but um, he's just not providing that output that uh, he was providing earlier in the season. And we know that um, there were some injuries. Uh, Darius Garland was injured um, for stretches. Um, Donovan Mitchell missed a couple of games as well. So when those guys are out, that's when you can stream someone like Karis LeVert. But when everyone's fit and firing, I don't think he's uh, a must-roster player. Yeah, Karis has also been dealing with his own injuries too. But even when he's been giving the 20 to 30 minutes a night, he's just been posting subpar numbers, which is not what you need on your team. Yeah, and he's been historically pretty poor in terms of his shooting efficiency. Um, he's been actually looking okay at the start of this season, but it's sort of um, drifted off as the season wears on. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, you've spoken about him several weeks ago, but I still don't think he needs to be rostered in standard leagues. Yeah, he's going to give you like those outlier, like really good performances like he did last week, but he's still not worth holding on to just for that one game every month. Yeah, exactly. Just definitely not worth waiting for. Uh, another person not worth waiting for, Isaiah Stewart. Um, look, sometimes he pops off for some really nice uh, rebound numbers, but um, I just don't think he's worth having on your league, uh, in your team. Yeah, he can only really give you points and rebounds, and even then they're not going to be eye-popping numbers. Yeah, um, and also with the return of Boyan Bogdanovic, that um, eats into Stewart's um, time and usage as well. Jonathan Isaac, so he's a bit of a tease. We know that he used to be, a, um, he had that one season where he's an absolute fantasy stud. And so he's shown glimpses, but it's just not consistent enough for me to warrant rostering in standard leagues. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why a lot of people really jumped to roster him so fast because they kind of expected him to return to that form now that he's healthy. But no, just just drop him. <laughs> Just drop him. Yeah, there's just so much more talent on that Magic team now. And Wendell Carter Jr. is set to return very shortly as well. So that's just another mouth to feed at the Magic. Uh, one of your boys again, Gary Trent Jr. Again, I barely have left his name off this list um, the last few weeks. But people tend to still want to roster him for whatever reason, maybe as a, a nice stream. But yeah, he doesn't need to be rostered. I was just about to say that too. I was looking at his uh, numbers the other day and I think about 30% still have him rostered on Yahoo, which is just mind-boggling to me because he only gives you points, couple threes, maybe some steals here and there, but nowhere close to the numbers that he had last season. I, I don't understand why people are still rostering him too. They'll give you the couple of good games, but not enough. Yeah, I think um, we're still in love with what he was able to provide as a starter and as a consistent starter in previous seasons with those um, the points, the threes and the steals. But uh, coming off the bench more consistently, I think um, he just doesn't have that opportunity these days, which is unfortunate because he's still quite a young player and he's got the talent, but um, it's just not worthy of a roster spot at this stage. Uh, Jaden Ivey, this one's controversial. I think he's a potential drop. He's shown flashes. He's up and down. Um I don't think he has to be rostered. You'll probably look to pick him up again next week, as you said, <laughs> a little bit up and down in terms of the Pistons' backcourt rotation. But, um, yeah, he's not a must-roster guy. Yeah, I was just about to mention that too. I think he also is a drop, but with the Pistons right now in their backcourt, I think it's something that you just have to monitor on a weekly basis and then make adjustments as needed. Because like we mentioned, it's just been fluctuating each week and you, it's probably going to change again next week. 
well, probably next game, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's probably. so volatile at the moment. But, yeah, we'll see what, what how that plays out as well. But um, I know a lot of people have the confidence in Jaden Ivey long-term. Talk about dynasty leagues as well. They still think highly of him. So um, perhaps in the right environment he could flourish. But at this stage, I just don't think he needs to be rostered on fantasy uh, standard leagues. Gogo Badadze, again, we mentioned that Wendell Carter Jr. will return shortly. Uh, I think that will definitely impact on Gogo Badadze and Mo Wagner for that matter. But um, Gogo was worth having. He provided some really nice blocks and decent rebound numbers as well. But um, yeah, longer term, he just not he won't have that value. So in a week like this week where uh, a lot of the schedule is jam-packed into a couple of days, I don't think he necessarily needs to be rostered. Yeah, I think like that stretch was great while it lasted, but like you said, the minutes just aren't going to be what he's used to seeing with uh, Wendell Carter Jr. probably returning sometime this week. Yeah, and you can make a preemptive drop at this stage if he wants to stream in someone from um, Boston or Indiana or any of those um, in-season tournament guys that will be playing um, over the first couple of days of the week. Russ Westbrook, uh, we've seen since Harden's come in and Westbrook has gone to the bench, he's just not getting the minutes and the opportunity. So I think that's a, a clear drop for me, um, probably in points leagues as well. This one's a bit tricky. I was looking at his stats the other day and he's still providing decent value, but I think I've touched on this a bit last week too. It's just that inconsistency. Like we've talked about, there's going to be those games where he's just going to explode, but they're so yeah. random and unpredictable that I don't know if it's worth holding on to because he also could just really struggle from like shooting efficiency wise, the turnovers, even in the primary categories as well. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of questions like, oh, what happens if PG or Harden goes down injured? Um, let's stash Russell Westbrook. I just don't think he's worthy of mm -hmm. having that patience and stashability. He's not going to provide um, just blow your socks off type of value. Um, even if one, one or two of those guys go down injured, I just, uh, he's not that guy anymore. Uh, now, in a sort of slightly different category, I've got a space between them, but Dyson Daniels, I think he, generally speaking, Dyson Daniels and Jordan Hawkins are drops. The reason why I've sort of separated these guys is just because of the streamability in, um, with the Pelicans, with the in-season tournament. I think you can hang on to them for at least their first game and then look to drop and stream that um, slot um, throughout the week. But yeah, they are definitely drops now that CJ McCullum has returned to that lineup. Trey uh, Murphy, as we mentioned earlier as well. So they're looking nice and healthy. So that definitely impacts on Dyson Daniels, who was looking really nice whilst CJ was out. But um, he just won't get the minutes now that CJ has returned. Yeah, I think for me, Daniels is definitely a surefire drop. But with Hawkins too, I also have a little bit of hope that he'll still see a little bit of a bigger role too, especially with all the um, the fantasy value and the, even the real life impact that he's had too. Yeah, yeah, good point, good point. I think Hawkins and the type of game that he has, I think um, the Pelicans can cover that and someone like a Trey Murphy can come in and just spot up shoot, but he's got um, the ability to the attack the rim as well. So that really limits Jordan Hawkins and um, his playing time. But yeah, good points. I think he's still worthy of... Um, at least streamable, streamability mm -hmm. in the first game and then moving on from those guys. Uh, in a similar boat, I've got Benedict Matherin. He's been disappointing. Um, when he was starting, he wasn't providing the output that we were hoping for. Buddy Hield has then retained that starting position, which has um, further impacted Benedict Matherin. Yeah, and we've seen this before, but he kind of has that cycle where he's going to post a lot of underwhelming games and then he'll have like a two or three game, game stretch where he'll have 
really hot performances and then it just repeats. So I don't think it's yeah. someone worth holding on to for that. Yeah, and that's the type of frustration that you have to go through with uh, Benedict Mather. And so I don't think he's worthy uh, of a roster spot. I'm with you there. Kyle Lowry, he's looked good. He's looked really solid. Uh, but we mentioned earlier, Tyler Hero is due back. So this could be a preemptive drop just to get in someone who is super, super hot. Uh, but it doesn't mean you have to drop Kyle Lowry at this stage. Maybe you want to hold on to him, see how it plays out, see um, how those minutes shake out with um, Hero returning and Jaime Hackers as well, seeing how his minutes play out as well. But um, I just don't think you have to necessarily roster him once Kyle, uh, sorry, Tyler Hero has returned. Yeah, and I think even if you were to stream, there's other players from the Heat that are more reliable than Kyle Lowry too. His inconsistency is a big issue, and he's also a little bit older as well. So there's also that injury concern too. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Trey Jones, he's not the starting point guard. That's Jeremy Sohan's job, and that's Jeremy Sohan's job to keep by the looks of it. It's look, looking like uh, the Spurs organization really want to run with Sohan at the point guard. So that's disappointing for guys that picked up Trey Jones. Uh, to be honest, the Spurs look really good when Trey Jones is running the point, but I just don't think they see him as a long-term option um, at point guard. So they're running with Jeremy Sohan at this stage. But, yeah, it's a shame because uh, guys like Wemby do look better when they have a, a tr traditional point guard like Trey Jones running the show. Yeah, and that's just the problem. He's not being used the way that he should be, and as a result of that, he's posting poor fantasy value. Yeah, yeah, and even in leagues where um, assist-to-turnover ratio is one of the categories, um, he's still not providing enough in those other categories as well. So, yeah, clear drop for me at this stage. Uh, this is one of your drops, Marcus Smart. He's on the list again, but he's still injured, and uh, we spoke about it last week. It's with the timing with Ja Morant to return, um, what is it, a couple of weeks, three weeks from now perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, it's unlikely that Marcus Smart will retain a lot of value, but I... I still think it could work, but you think it's um, probably a drop at this stage. Yeah, I'm not 100% sold on the drop yet. I just have, I don't know, I guess it's a feeling that he's not going to have the same production with Jabak. And I think that's the 19th, I want to say, against the Pelicans that he's returning. But still, I just, I don't see him having the same role. He might still be somewhat relevant fantasy-wise. Maybe he's more of a player just to monitor. But for me, I think, I think it's a drop. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And finally, Reggie Jackson, uh, he's looked awesome. He looked really, really good last week, and he helped a lot of people win their leagues, uh, sorry, win their win their <laughs> week matchup. I wish win your league in week six, but win their matchup for week six. But uh, we know that Jamal Murray has returned, so I think as a, another preemptive drop, Reggie Jackson can probably go from standard leagues. Yeah, just like you said, with Jamal Murray back, it's time to let go of uh, Reggie Jackson here. Yeah, agreed. Notable injuries. Now, this injury list is a lot shorter than it has been over the last few weeks, which is really nice. And some of those timelines are quite manageable. So Bam Adebayo, he'll probably be out for at least one game, perhaps two, with uh, the hip injury. Wendell Carter Jr., as we mentioned, he is due back within the week. Um, so that impacts Goga Badadze, as we said, Mo Wagner um, and Jonathan Isaac as well. Kelly Oubre, after the fractured rib and the car accident, still don't have full clarity on what exactly happened there, but it's looking like he will return to the 76ers lineup very shortly, which is awesome news. Kristaps Porzingis with the calf complaint. So Al Horford is the nice stream whilst Porzingis is out probably for another week or so. Uh, Tyler Hero hopefully returns 
this week, but um, I think he may be questionable for the next game. So let's see, again, how that plays out and how that impacts guys like Carl Lowry, Jaime Hakez, Duncan Robinson, etc. cetera. Uh, Anthony Simons, he played one game, if not two, I think just the first game of the season that looked awesome mm -hmm. and then has been out ever since. So uh, he's due back originally the original timeline um according to the original timeline he should be back in about a week maybe two weeks from now so that's pretty exciting for guys that drafted him in the mid rounds zach levine we mentioned him so he'll be out for at least a week and that's floating kobe white's value so um we'll see what happens there but zach levine with foot soreness out for about a week the mellow ball timeline to be determined, but uh, I'm thinking still about one to two weeks. It could be longer. They may look after him for a little bit more, uh, but I think he could return in about one or two weeks' time uh, with his ankle injury. Bradley Bill, I'm saying more than a week. It could it could blow out. We just don't really know. Uh, he's been really inconsistent, unreliable uh, whilst he's been in Phoenix, but I'm, I'm hoping it'll be about a week, um, and it would be nice to see the big three uh, in Phoenix, but um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, and as you mentioned before, Eric Gordon just has to be um, rostered whilst Bradley Beal is sidelined. Ben Simmons, I've got a question marker next to the two to three weeks because back nerve impingement, he's had back injuries, he's back uh, had back concerns for quite some time. He looked awesome to start the season, he looked sprite, he looked really energetic, he looked like his um, old all-star self, but um, this is not looking good. So I've got big question marks around that two to three week timeline. Yeah, it's a little uh, bit unclear too, because he did receive that epidural injection, but they didn't yeah. really provide much of a timeline. But Yeah, that doesn't sound good. You get your epidural yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of pain and we know that he really struggled last season and he got a lot of flack for that. So. Getting an epidural is not the best sign moving forward. So two to three weeks is optimistic at best, um, but let's see how that plays out. Marcus Smart, we spoke about him. So he's out again for another two to three weeks. So that lines up with Charmorant returning uh, to the Memphis uh, um, lineup. And they definitely, definitely need both of those guys back ASAP. And Jalen Johnson, my boy, three to four weeks from now, according to the original timeline. So um, yeah, I, I can't wait for that. Week seven schedule. So this is how we will um, close out today's episode. But you may have seen some tweets over the last few days, but the week seven schedule is very interesting. Now, with the in-season tournament, we have the quarterfinals starting tomorrow. Um, so obviously with the quarterfinals, we have um, those guys involved, um, as you can see in that image there. So December 4th and 5th uh, are those games. But then essentially every single team plays two games this week so there's no advantage or disadvantage in terms of the number of games played uh, there will be two teams that play three games but that third game will be the championship in-season tournament game uh, and that doesn't count towards any fantasy stats or even regular season um, standings either so that game is actually on the saturday there's no games on sunday either so everything's crammed into the first five days and there's two heavy days in terms of the schedule. So the, um, the 22 teams that didn't make the quarterfinals will have both of their games crammed onto that Wednesday, so the Wednesday 11-game slate, and then the Friday 13-game slate. So it'll be those 22, and then the other two games on a Friday will be the losers from the quarterfinals. So 
essentially what you want to be looking for are the streamers from those guys that are playing the quarterfinals and hopefully they make it into the semis and um, that'll just really maximize those days that you will stream um, because particularly on the Friday, it's likely that you'll have a full uh, complement in your lineup. So you don't want to be wasting guys um, that won't actually play and contribute to your fantasy score um, on that Friday as well. So it's beneficial to have the guys like Al Horford, and we spoke about um, even the Indiana Pacers, uh, so Obi Toppin, um, Aaron Naismith as well. So even guys from Boston, Sam Hauser, um, guys that you wouldn't normally look to roster, but these guys are really good streaming options. Um, Jordan Hawkins, we mentioned, Dyson Daniels, they're not going to provide huge amount of value, but if you have them, you play them and they at least get you some level of fantasy output as well. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, look for those streamers on those quiet days and then um, hopefully you'll come out with a win at the end of week seven. Any comments, Kayla? Yeah, and I think the most important thing just to remember is that, like you said before, every team will play two games. So when you're looking at streaming players, make sure you pay special attention to the matchups and the injuries before you add someone. You don't really have to worry about the schedule because you know everyone's going to play two games and make sure to get all those ads in by Friday. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you don't waste those streams as well. So it, if you play in an ESPN league, they're reducing the number of ads that you can make this week and um, yeah, really maximize those streams and maybe even target the teams that you think may actually come out of the quarterfinals and make the semifinals. So look at those favorites and um, play to those strengths as well. So um, perhaps someone on the Boston Celtics could make uh, a play, maybe a, a Peyton Pritchard, a Sam Hauser, as we mentioned, Al Horford, we said is already a, an awesome stream whilst KP's out. But yeah, keep that in mind. Use this graphic as well, but um, pay close attention to those streaming options. All right. That takes us to the end of that, Kayla. That is uh, a wrap. That is a wrap. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, nothing much. Honestly, just pay attention to the in-season tournament this week. It's a little bit confusing, so just make sure you uh, stay updated with the schedule, all the matchups that are going on, and injuries as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are no, obviously, back-to-back, -back, so that shouldn't be of concern as well. But, um, yeah, stay up to date. Um, follow us on Twitter as well. So hopefully we'll be able to get you some any breaking news. Uh, so Kayla underscore Fonte to get a hold of Kayla. Uh, she's ever growing her profile, which is awesome. And I'm, I'm so pleased and proud to have you on board, Kayla. Um, obviously, you'll find me at NBA Fantasy Bible. So hit us up. And thank you very much. I hope you have a wonderful week and see you next week. Thanks, guys.